Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matovu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Freedom experience, experiencing Christ. Praise the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you Jesus for another opportunity that you have given us even today that we may come and minister to our fellow brothers and sisters across the globe. Thank you for tuning in, thank you for always following and God bless you in Jesus mighty name once again this is Pastor Dennis Matov all the way from Kampala Uganda Freedom Experience Ministry where we experience Christ as our life light grace and truth and this is what we bring to you the message the wonderful message of life yes we are in our long time series which is experiencing Christ daily and this is episode 14 we are going on by the grace of God the work is great but grace is sufficient even today we come with another message from the book of, 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 of Colossians and we believe that the Lord is going to even bless us as he has been always doing so Remember, we are going slowly by slowly looking unto this grace which the, the book of Colossians is stating. As I told you, the book of Colossians is one of the books in the Bible that talks about the all-inclusiveness of Christ. How Christ is all things and He is in all things. He is all and in all. So we have got to see these things so that we may have faith in Him. That is everything that we need for life and godliness. He is everything. We have got to take him. We have got to pursue him as everything. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1 verses, verses 15. That's where we are today. Uh, it says, um, okay, um, we are going to be reading from 14. The Bible says that, um, um, 13 says that, who has delivered us from the powers of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. 14 says that in whom we have redemption through the blood, his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. 15 says that who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And 16 says for by him um, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominion, all principalities, all powers, all things we are created by him and for him. 
And the Bible says in verse 17, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist, all subsist. Uh, so, and the Bible says in verse 18 that, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So this is the context we are going to be studying from to see this wonderful Christ. Remember yesterday we had talked about, we had quoted um, Psalms 36 verse 89, whereby we are seeing Christ as light. And we saw um, that light is so important to represent Christ. And we saw that uh, as children of God, uh, that was some Psalms 36, 8, 9. We described that uh, a person who has returned to the Lord and who is in the Lord's presence is just like the way they had quoted Psalms 36, 8, 9, that we begin to become satisfied with the fatness, satisfied with the fatness of God's house, and we begin to drink of the rivers of the, of the Lord's pleasure. Then this person, he begins to know the Lord as the fountain of life. Such a person is the person who is in the light of the Lord. And he, whenever he's in the light of the Lord, he will continue to see the light of life. And this light, we say that is the portion of the saints. And this one becomes our enjoyment. Then we saw that we need as born again and believers to abide in Christ and so that we may walk in the light of life. Just as John 8, 12 told us yesterday, when we abide in him and believe in him, we shall not walk in darkness anymore. We shall begin to walk in the light of life, meaning that the light has got life in it. So the, the, the life has got light in it. So this is it. We may partake Christ in the light. That was also, we, uh, we read through Ephesians 5.14. We saw that uh, we have got to, to rise up from the dead so that Christ may shine upon us. So we need to have more and more contact with the Lord on a daily basis through prayer and prayer reading the scriptures even in fellowship even in listening messages such as this one so we need to read his word with an unveiled face and an open heart just like second Corinthians told us we should turn to him and so that our veil is taken away and we look unto him with an unveiled face even with an open heart so that we, we may receive him as our life light grace and truth for our enjoyment so as we fellowship with the lord and follow the inner anointing that teaches us from within that is shining within us which is the oil that keeps our lamp and our light shine burning we shall experience him as the life within us in a practical and experiential way so this is what we are talking about yesterday and we saw that this life is the light and if we, we, we follow uh, this inner anointing, we shall be in the light. I want to tell you there is an inner anointing in you that you should follow so that it gives you guidance and teaches you all things concerning Christ. So we, also, we are also brought into this light by, fellowship, by fellowshipping. The more we fellowship uh, with God, then we have uh, a genuine way to come to that light. So that means that in fellowship, there is the shining of light. The more you come to church and fellowship, the more you go into prayer or worship to fellowship with the, the Holy Spirit, there is more light. So we need to be in the church life. We need to attend church meetings. 
we need to be in church for in the church that's where we, we as we are meeting that's where light is we meet and we are in the light whenever we fellowship with brothers and sisters in the church so it is important for us to fellowship to be part of a church to be a member of the church it is important some people don't think the importance of this they want to fellowship uh, uh, from the TVs from the online meetings and online churches but that is not what the bible means those means are helping you if at all you missed church if at all you like you want to 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 fellowship to continue to commune in the word that's when you uh, go for online ministry but we have got to fellowship as children of god that is the proper will of god let us not forsake the habit of fellowshiping so in the meetings of the church we often have the sense uh the sense uh, and we begin to uh, to 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 see things in deep we begin to sense deep within us that we are in the light we are enjoying christ as our portion so all of these are uh, means by which we may be in the light when we fellowship we begin to enjoy christ as the portion of the saints everyone comes and take a takes a portion of his Christ the according to the revelation you have received on that particular day you take him as your portion so that you may use it him in your day to day life in your business in your ministry you begin to apply Christ in your family and in everything that you do so we see that we can only we can understand why Paul was speaking of light in Colossians 1 to so he goes on to uh, in the next verse as we saw to speak of the authority of darkness and it seems that if if Paul was telling the Colossians you have been delivered out of the authority of darkness but now you have gone back to into darkness you have lost the very light into which you had been transferred this thing is also happening to believers today people are going back into darkness where Christ brought them from and we have seen that the authority of darkness includes such a Uh, philosophies observances ordinances and other funny funny teachings and beliefs that are other than Christ so we see that through the influence of these things the colossians were carried off as 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 a prey and they were taken and plundered so that's why Paul had ordered to, to to tell them that they should come back to the light just as the children of Israel were always carried away from the good land into Babylon from the good land into so they had come from Egypt to the good land which is Canaan but because of the the lies and the the, the power the authority of darkness they were taken back into Babylon so in this is it so we see that many Christians today have been also carried away from the kingdom of of, of God which is the kingdom of the son of God is love and we see that away from the realm of light they have been taken from the sphere of light and as a result what has happened they have lost enjoyment of Christ as the portion of the saints so that's what we are talking about yesterday today we want to continue to talk about the light of life being the realm of life then we shall also continue to see the first born of all creation that's what we are going to be talking about today We see that according to the light of life uh being the realm of life we see that light is a realm it is a sphere uh the realm of light is a realm of life when you enter light you are going to find life when you enter life you are going to find light so this is another sphere that Christ has brought us into this means that the light of life is the sphere and the realm of life is also 
uh, that light. So this means that uh, the, the realm of life and light is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And uh, we know that we, when we reach the kingdom of Christ, light rules there. And when light rules, that is the way light rules is that light rules by its enlightening. When, when light enlightens, it has ruled. For example, you enter a dark room, the darkness is, is ruling. When you put on, you switch off on your light, then light is going to overtake darkness and light will begin to rule. So when you enter into the kingdom of Christ, light is ruling by enlightening. Meaning that whoever is in the light is, it keeps on getting more enlightenment and revelation concerning Christ. So when the light of life shines and rules in our lives, then that is what we call the kingdom. When light is ruling, that is the kingdom of light. So when we are in the light, then we are in the realm of life. We begin to enjoy and sense life. And in this kingdom of Jesus Christ, I tell you, we begin to see the realities of who God is in Christ. This kingdom is in contrast to the authority of darkness, uh, which is the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom of light is different. And when we come to the new Jerusalem, we will be in the ultimate consummation of the realm of life. And we, because our end result is not heaven. Most of people think that we are going to end in heaven and in mansions. That is not there. We are going to end in the new Jerusalem, which is we are going to come back on earth. Where the, new the new Jerusalem is going to descend. And this is the ultimate consummation of the realm of life. When we shall be there, we shall have the ultimate light and the ultimate life being Christ himself for us to enjoy. So the whole city, we see that it will be a realm of light, a realm of life which is full of light. So this realm will be the light of life as we saw in Revelation uh, the other time. So we see that when darkness is around, light, when light comes in, it degenerates darkness. Remember, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 to 3, let us read there so that uh, we see how darkness can be degenerated by light. Meaning that if a person is in darkness and we preach light, light will overtake darkness. And what happens? Darkness will disappear. Um, Bible says so. Genesis chapter 1, verses uh, says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep meaning that by that time and this is a recreation not not the first creation before uh, God came in to recreate or re reform the, the, the earth darkness was prevailing because of the fall of Satan because of the evil that had taken place in, in heaven when angel Lucifer sinned so when he was cast upon the earth, the, a lot of creation um, that was already set went and into darkness because now darkness had appeared. Someone had sinned. The Bible says in verses 3, in verses 3, verses 2, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So we see that when light came, darkness disappeared just like john chapter 1 says that when um, when light came darkness could not comprehend it it had to go so when we come to revelation again chapter 21 revelation chapter 21 verses uh, verses 24 
you are going to see still that uh, darkness is going to be degenerated and uh, light is going to prevail by the grace of God. So Revelation 21:24 says that and the nations of them which were are saved shall walk in the light of it and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor unto it. They are talking about the city and uh, that's going to be having light uh, which is going to come from Christ himself. When you come to chapter 22 verse 5 of Revelation, the Bible says that and there shall be no night there. And they they need no, the Bible says, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Now you discover that in the, in the New Jerusalem, there's not going to be night. It's going to be always a day whereby light is going to be ultimate coming from Jesus Christ and uh, it will be light in the entire city. There are some things that are not going to come back in the in the new in the new uh, Jerusalem. Things like things like um, darkness, things like the sea, because the sea typifies death. It's not going to come back. That's why John says, "I did not see uh, the sea was not there, but only the rivers. Uh, the river of life is the only thing that's going to be there." So you see that um, the Bible says that. Uh, there shall not be these other negative things like death and weeping and crying. They're not going to be there. So when light comes, darkness is scattered. God is going to scatter darkness whenever we come to light, whenever we call light, whenever we fellowship in the light, God is going to scatter darkness. And if you pray, read and read your Bible in a praying way, the verses that we have so far covered from the day we began, you begin to pray read them, I tell you, you begin to learn how to be in the light and you begin to enjoy Christ as your portion of the saints in your practical experience. You are going to begin to enjoy Christ in such an experiential way. May we all practice this and so that we may enter into this light and we enjoy Christ as our portion, the portion of the saints. So that is it and this is the will of God. This is the will of the Father. Christ is the firstborn of all creation. He is the light. So we continue to see this by the grace of God. And we see that as we fellowship, we are going to see more light, more light, more fellowship, more fellowship, more light. It's going to be like that. That's why we have got to keep on fellowshipping by the grace that the Lord provides. So let us continue to see Christ as the firstborn of all creation. We have creation and we are part of creation, but the Bible mentions that Christ is the firstborn. We have seen also in Colossians 1, 15-17, saying that he is the firstborn of all creation. So, and uh, let us read also Revelation 3, 14, on top of Colossians. The Bible says, in Revelation 3, 14, says that... Uh, um, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, says the Amen, and faithful, and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So we are seeing here Christ as the Amen, the faithful, but also he is the beginning of all creation. If you see the creation that was mentioned in Genesis, the Bible mentions another creation, uh, which is in John chapter 1. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God before He was creating every other creation. 
and the word was God and without him nothing was created so you begin to see that Christ was there as the firstborn of all creation he was number one. now in this message we shall consider that what does it mean for Christ to be the firstborn of all creation what does it mean we have read uh, Colossians 1 15 to 17 and we see that the main purpose of the book of Colossians which we, we are uh, going through is it is showing us that Christ is everything Christ is all things and in the universe everything that exists is included in Christ is under two things that is uh, the creator and the creation everything you see existing on earth is under two things under the creator which is God and other, under the creation which uh, God has created now in order for us to in order to show us that Christ is all and uh, the Bible has got to tell us that Christ is both the creator and also the firstborn of all creation because the Bible cannot say that he is all and in all he is everything yet is not part of the creation that's why he is also the creation he is also the creator that's what it means so if we were only the if if Christ was only the creator i tell you but, uh, and he was not the firstborn of creation then he would not be all the reason that's why by, by, the bible says that he is all and in all he's all inclusive because he is the creator at the same time he is uh, the uh, the firstborn of all creation now remember when we come to Colossians chapter 2 uh, verses 9 and 10 still Paul reveals something that Christ uh, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in other words and you are in him you are and made full all complete in him who is the head of all rule and authority now you see that here we see that he is also the head of all rule and authority and uh, when we talk about the head of or the rule of and authority we are here meaning uh, we mean the the, the, the the angels they are part of the rule and authority We're talking about the angels whether the, the fallen ones the, the devil and the evil angels or the heavenly angels Christ is the head of all Christ is the head of all angels not only these ones that are sub, still submitting but even these that are fallen he is the head of all rule meaning that the authority of, of Satan and the fallen angels is under his rulership under his feet he, they, they cannot be above him above his authority he is the head that's why you don't have to be worried of the devil Christ has already dealt with him and victory is already ours in Jesus mighty name so we have got to take this and believe in it in Jesus name so we need to see why Paul is inserting this phrase in uh, in, in Colossians 2.10 saying that who is the head of all rule and authority now this refers um, this is easy to understand because we know that all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ bodily and that is in a bodily form that's what verse 9 is saying that everything has been filled in Christ and uh, the Bible says that all fullness of the Godhead God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit they dwell in Christ's body. When Christ was on earth, we see that we had he had a physical body. He had a physical body, and in that body, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in. So, because the fullness of uh, dwells in him, then 
and, and because we are in him also as the born again this one uh, it begins to uh, what, what comes in is that we are complete verse 10 says we have been made full we are complete in Christ because we are in him that means that when I'm in Christ I'm not I will not say that I I've, I've, I've got a shortage in me I've not I will not say that I have a defect in me because once I'm I've been included in Christ then I've been made full I'm lacking nothing I have the wisdom I have the knowledge I have all the power I am complete in him I don't have anything I don't have any blame the bible says that we don't have any blame you see we are we are we are reprovable we are unblameable why because colossians 2:10 says we are complete we have been made complete we have been made full so paul is telling us that christ being the head of all rule and authority then we are uh, we are the people that have been uh, are supposed to enjoy this he's over every angels is over all powers is over everything that would worry you you see you, we see that that in Christ um, all the fullness of the godhead dwells and all and uh, this one Christ is we are made full in him we are complete in him and is even the head of all rule and authority so this is so important for us to know there are some things that will, will scare us away sometimes the devil can come and whisper to you as if he's so strong and you see bad dreams and you think you are gone and you fear even sorcery and witchcraft but i want to remind you uh Christ is over every powers and all authorities and this is it and this is what god wants us to understand today so when we read into these scriptures of colossian it reveals that Christ is everything Christ is all as long as we have Christ who is everything then there is no need for us to rely on angels There are, there are some teachings that Paul was confronting of these people that were worshiping angels and humbling towards angels and they could say that angels are their intermediaries the go between between God and man but I would tell you that it is only Christ that is our mediator and our intermediary that uh, the, the the function of angels is something else is not they are not called to be uh, our intermediaries they are only ministering angels that are working and serving those that are, have inherited salvation but Christ has become our go between Timothy says that he is the mediator we have one mediator between God and man and this man is called Jesus Christ so both doctrinally and experientially uh, we should be able to testify that Christ uh, that in Christ we have been made full that in Christ we are short of nothing you are not less when you are in Christ your infirmities are dissolved in his victories and power so don't uh, just like paul was worrying of the infirmities that he had so he fasted in second corinthians 12:9 he had to fast until god told him uh, my grace is sufficient and uh, when you are weak you are strong why because you are complete in me give me your infirmities i give you my strength says the lord so in christ we have god we have righteousness in christ we have life in Christ we have all positive things in the all universe and by having Christ we have the one who is the head of all angels and all rulership we have got uh, to fear nothing this is what paul is revealing in the book of colossians he's telling us that Christ is everything that means that we are supposed to pursue Christ and this is why we bring you our uh, burden that we may experience Christ 
you may pursue and take and receive and possess Christ. Win Christ, gain Christ, because he's everything for you. So we have seen that he's also uh, both the creator and the firstborn of all creation. And if Christ were only the creator, we have said, uh, and he was not part of the creation, then he wouldn't be in all. He wouldn't be all things. But now the Bible says he's the fullness, the expression of the triune God, and we are complete in him. So that is, uh, that is what the scripture is telling us. Thank God for that, that our Christ is everything. The Bible continues to say in Colossians 1.15, He is the image, the image of the invisible God. And this says that Christ is our image. If you want to see God, see Christ. Remember one of the disciples in John 14 was saying, Show us the Father that will suffice us. Then the Christ tells him that I've been with you always and you did not see me. And this time it was the Father speaking in Christ. So we see that he is the image of the invisible God. And this and also uh, verse, uh, verse continues to tell us that he is the firstborn of all creation. He is the firstborn of all creation. And we ask a question, why does, he, why does uh, these uh, statements join together in Colossians 1.15? It says that is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. Mm -hmm. So we see that God is invisible. That is number one. But um, and is uh, the manifestation of, of the glory of the Father and the expression, uh, the expression of the image and uh, the, the express image and the substance. If you want to touch God, then touch Christ because Christ is the substance, is the manifestation, is the expression of God. The Father. So Hebrews 1 3. Hebrews 1 3. <clears throat> we are experiencing Christ on a daily basis. Take Him as your portion wherever you are. Use Him in your day to day life so that nothing shall uh, make us to go astray from the calling where we have been called. The Bible says in Hebrews 1 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that had him. So this is, this. okay, this was um, um, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3, but we are supposed to read Hebrews 1 3. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 1 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and unfolding all things by the word, upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand and the, and, uh, um, of the majesty on high. So they are showing us Christ here as being the brightness, the brightness of the glory of God. Anyone wants to see the glory of God, Christ is the brightness of that glory. You want to see uh, the image he is the expression. So he upholds all things by the word of his power. Everything subsists by his power. God is holding your family by his word. Christ is holding your marriage by his word. Everything is subsisting and uphold, upheld by the word of Christ. So we see that is the image and is the express image of the invisible God. And they, here we, we, we are talking about, we are not talking about the physical form, that the way he appears is how God appears, but we are talking about the, 
expression of God is being, whatever God has as attributes and virtues, we see them in Christ Jesus. Whatever Christ was to us and what he is to us, that is the very thing that God the Father is to us. So you see, so Colossians chapter 3 verses 10, Colossians 3.10, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3.10, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. That means that the new man, which is the church, which is your new life, uh, it is uh, it has got the attributes and the virtues of God who created it. You see? So when you come to 2 Corinthians 3, still, 2 Corinthians 3.18 Bible says 2 Corinthians 3.18 uh-huh. It also says But we, we all with open face Beholding as in a glass The glory of the Lord We are changed into the same image From glory to glory Even as by the Spirit of the Lord So when we come to Him we begin to partake of his attributes and his attributes be, begins to become our virtues we begin to be to to see whatever we receive from him is what we become we behold his glory we become that glory the more we approach him with an open face with an open heart so to say that christ is all inclusive one is the image of god it implies that he is the very god the very creator when we see christ we see the expression of the invisible God. For he himself, he is God. Most people don't want to believe that Christ is God. They don't want to believe that Christ is God. But I want to tell you, he is. He is God. That's what the Bible says. He is God. He is God. So, the Bible has mentioned that he is the first among all creatures. The first among all creatures. And what does that mean? For the Bible to say that Christ is the firstborn of all creation. And this means that the creation, uh, in creation, Christ is the first. When they created everything you see, including Adam, Christ was the first. And here we have got to explain in detail. So, he is part of the creation. That's why he's called the first. Let us read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, 14. Because we have seen him being the, the first of everything that was created. Hebrews says in chapter 2, in verse 14, he says, For as much then as the children, um, as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. He took part of our flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil so one time he came to put on flesh that's why he's part of the creation because he has he had the flesh and blood one time he came and he was possessing flesh and blood that makes him to be part of creation but here we are seeing a verse that says he is first the firstborn of all creation and this refers to Christ's preeminence and uh, in all creation is the first, is number one. Since from this verse, and, and when we read from verses 15 to verses 18, we see that the apostle is emphasizing that Christ is first in all things. 
When we say that it's first in all things, he must be first in your business, first in your marriage, first in your life, in your ministry. Christ is supposed to be the preeminent, the firstborn of everything you do. You get your money, Christ is first. You get marriage, Christ is first. You get a wife to marry, Christ is first. He is first in all things. So we have to make him the preeminence, uh, the preeminent one in everything that we do. So it reveals that Christ is not only the creator, he's also the first among all created things. All created things, Christ is the first. When you get um, what is created, when you see a stone, Christ is the first. When you see uh, trees, Christ is the first. So he's the first among all creatures. For he is both God and man. As God, Christ is the creator. And as man, he is the creature. So you have got to know him that way. So that you may enjoy his all-inclusiveness. So as God, Christ is eternal. He did not need anybody. He did not need to be born as God. Because God is not born. God is not created. He himself is the creator. So at the first side of Christ is, is God. And he is eternal. Then we come to another side is that he is also the firstborn of creation. So uh, anything that requires birth must be a creature. If he was born, he's the firstborn, that means he's a creature. Why does God, Christ who is God, becomes Christ who is the firstborn of all creation? It is, it is because of Adam's fall. He's now come to become the firstborn of all creature so that he may recover man, restore man redeem man back into his position. And we see that if Christ were only God and not man, he couldn't have been born and for God is uh, because God is infinite and eternal and without beginning and without end. But Christ had to be born so that uh, when he becomes man, he uh, then is, going to, is able to die for us, is able to redeem us from uh, our failures and our sin. Christ is, is, a, is, a, is a creation, is a creature. He was born as a man. Remember, in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Now the child that is born is also a God. And that is what Isaiah 9 6 is showing you, that he has got to uh, to, to, to um, aspects. He is a God and is uh, also a, a, a creation, a creature. Is God and is a, a creature. So is the creator and is the uh, the creature. So as the child uh, born to us, Christ is called the Almighty God. The Son given to us. Then that's when he becomes uh, the creature. So called the Eternal Father. So as the Mighty God, we have seen that. He is eternal. That means that Christ is God, eternal. At the same time, he has chosen to become a creature for our benefit, for our enjoyment. And I want you to understand something right now uh, concerning this. Let us see what it means uh, when the Bible says that he, was, he is the firstborn of all creation. Yet we see him, he was born 2,000 uh, years back. 2,000 uh, years back, you understand? So you're asking a question, how come that is the firstborn when we have the Old Testament and the people living there? I want to talk about what, uh, what we call uh, the timelessness of God. In other words, there is no time element with God. There is no time element with God. 
So may some people may wonder how Christ could be the firstborn of all creation, since he was born just less than 2,000 years ago, not at the very beginning of creation, because we would have seen that in the beginning God created Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, after that they create Adam. No, they don't mention that. And I want us to open our eyes to see this. If we understand this properly, you need to realize that with God there is no time element. God is not affected by time. God does not live in the realm of time. He does not live in the time. He is past time. He is uh, outside the time. In other words, time is in within God. And he has chosen to give us time here on earth. And our time is different from his time in heaven. So we see that according to our estimate of time, we would say that Christ was crucified about 2,000 years ago. That is according to our time as humans. But you come to Revelation 13 verse 8. The Bible says that Christ was slain from the foundations of the world in Revelation 13 8. Whereas for us we see that he was slain 2,000 years back. The Bible says according to God's view, he was slain um, from the foundation of the world. And these statements are both right. But uh, we have got to know one thing, that God count, God's counting of time uh, is, is different from ours. God's counting is much more. It is important than ours. If in God's eyes, Christ was crucified before the foundation of the world in eternity, then God foresaw that man will fall. He foresaw the fall of man. He saw that man will fail, will fail because of sin. So, we want to see that God has got the way he sees things. And we have got to take the, the, the way God sees things. That's the way we are supposed to take them. So, we see that uh, in eternity, he made a preparation for the accomplishment of redemption. Before even man uh, committed sin, uh, God had it in mind and he had already provided a way out. That is what we begin to see in physical, in reality, in our time, according to the time you think it happened. But God had it in plan and had dealt with it some time back in eternity past. So the difference between God's estimate of time and ours will also help us to understand why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 47, that Christ is called the second man. Now, I want to read you uh, for, uh, this statement so that you get to know. The Bible mentions in 1 Corinthians um, verses, chapter 15, verse 47, mentioning, um, saying that the first man is of the earth, earth. the second man is, of the, is the Lord from heaven, heavenly. So, they are talking about two people here. They are talking about the first man who is earthy, and obviously that is Adam who was made out of the earth. They talk about the second man who is the Lord Jesus Christ who came from heaven. Now, from our point of view, the second man would be Cain. Because remember in Genesis, after Adam, he gives birth to Cain as the second man, then Abel as the third man, and onwards. But we see according to God's point of view, the second man is Christ. And this is where we begin to see that his wisdom is far from ours and the way he sees things is not the way we see them. That is what, that's, what peop, that's why people are affected 
when God delays and delays, they begin to ask themselves, how come that God has delayed when he uh, is supposed to come and help me? The way you count your time is different from the way he counts his time. The way you view your things is different from the way he views his things. And that makes him to be God. Makes him to be God. For him, he sees the second man being Christ. For you, you see that the second man was Cain. So we may apply this matter uh, of the different ways of, of the way God counts, counts time. It can also apply to Christ being the firstborn of all creation. Whereas you want to, to say that Adam is the firstborn of all creation, for God says, it is my son that is the firstborn of all creation. Now, according to our sense of time, Christ is up, we, we see that he was born in Bethlehem just 2,000 years ago. Uh, that is according to our time. So, But in the eyes of God, the Lord Jesus Christ was born before even the foundations of the earth. Now, this is where you've got to see that God is all wise. He's so wise and is full of wisdom. Always want to, manf to manifest his manifold wisdom. So we have seen also that he was even slain from the foundation of the world. He was crucified some time back. That is according to God's eyes. That's what we have read. And we see that um, he, he is also, uh, he has been born before we see Adam. So according to God's perspective in eternity, Christ was born in eternity past, past time. And this is the reason that uh, according to God's viewpoint, Christ has always been the first of all creatures. You see, that's why he calls in himself, I am the, um, the Alpha and the Omega. So God <coughs> for us saw the day that Christ would be born in a manger in Bethlehem. He prepared that because Christ is the first among all the creatures. We can say that is uh, all inclusive the one who is both the creator and part of creation but he we, we have just discovered that he is first because he was uh, before time before any other creation as we think hallelujah so this is for us to continue to see how god sees things if we care for the truth we shall testify that christ is the image of the invisible god we shall testify that uh, the, the very creator the, is the very creator and the firstborn of all creation and is the first among all creatures and in this sense Christ is not only the creator but is also part of the creation now some people don't want to believe this they want to believe that he, he came sometime afterwards after creation had happened so even some people don't want to believe that is a create a create the creator and others don't want to to believe that is a create a cre a, cre a creation or a creature praise the lord so we see another thing that we have read from verses colossians 1 16 that in him uh and everything let us read uh, colossians 1 16 colossians 1 16 says that because in him we are all they said because in him we are all things created in him we are all things created and in things in the heavens and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones, all lordship, all ruler, all rulers, all authorities, all things have been created through him and unto him. Now we want to explain this in him, through him and unto him. So in him means the power of Christ's person. Everything is created in the power 
of what Christ is. That's what that, that's the meaning of the word in him all things are created. All things are created in the power of Christ and what Christ is. All crea- creation bears the characteristics of Christ's central power, intrinsic power. Praise the Lord. So, uh, what does the word through him means? The word through him indicates that Christ is the active instrument through which the creation of all things was processed. In other words, all things passed through him. He was the active instrument. He was the manufacturer of those things. He was the, the machine that was processing everything that we see. That's what it means to be, uh, uh, that is through, everything is through him. Then finally, the word unto him indicates that Christ is the end of all creation. In other words, all things were created for his possession. Everything is for him to enjoy, to use, and to take. Everything is created for his possession. In other words, everything shall end in Christ. Is the end of all creation. Is the Alpha and the Omega. You see, that is that is it. That is it. That's what we are talking about. So, uh, let us see what it means to be that he was before all things. Remember, uh, Colossian has told us in chapter one, verse seventeen, that this Christ, and he is before all things, and by him all things subsist, all things consist. So Paul here is telling us that uh, Christ is before all things. That means that before everything existed, he existed. He is eternal and pre-existent. So he has been there before all things. And all things, they are subsisting uh, into him. They are consisting. Uh, Hallelujah. So we see in verse 17 that all things subsist together in Christ. They are held together. They are held together. They consist together in Christ. For all things to subsist together in Christ, it means that they exist together by Christ as the holding center. Christ is the one holding everything in his, by the power of his word, as we saw in Hebrews 1.3. He's holding all things on earth, every creation in heaven and on earth, by the power of his word, is is the holding center. And... uh, just this as just as you see the, the I told you I gave you an example of the bicycle wheel whereby that wheel has got uh, uh, you call it a tire uh, it has got the the, 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 the the spokes the spockets it has got the hub it has got the also the the, the the what the hub so when we say that Christ is is the uphold one upholds all things we are showing you how the the example of the spokes of a wheel and uh, uh, the way it is held together by the hub at the at their center. If you have ever met the bicycle um, tire or the bicycle wheel, you see that it has got spokes, spokes and the hub and also the rim and also and it is sub- everything is, is held together by the, the, the center and uh, it is also joined with the spokes uh, and also the rim which is the wheel so you begin to see that that is how Christ has held everything by his power and when we see the depth of this Christ we begin to see that all our situations are nothing 
all our challenges are nothing compared to what he is and what he can do and what he has become towards us. So Christ, as, uh, as the firstborn from among the dead, he has go, is going to do all things and whatever it takes is going to be to us by his grace. Want to appreciate this. The Bible says in Colossians 1.18, it says, Colossians 1.18, that, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn, from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence you see verse 22 rather verse 19 for it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell 20 and having made peace through the blood of his cloth cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him i say whether they be things in on earth all things in heaven 21 and and you that were sometime alienated and enemies of uh, in in your mind by wicked works yet now has he reconciled 22 in the body of his flesh through faith the death to present you holy and unblameable and unprovable and unreprovable in his sight 23 if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven therefore i paul am a minister so we read through we see number one they have mentioned he is the firstborn among the dead firstborn among the dead and here we see that we have uh, uh, in the universe there is only god the creator and there is the creation that is according to 15 verse 15 and Christ is the image of the invisible God and this means that he is nothing less than God himself in full expression furthermore we have seen Christ is the firstborn of creation the first among all God's creature now God has accomplished two creations the old creation and the new creation remember the old creation includes the heavens the earth mankind and millions of different items but the new creation is simply and only the church, which is the body of Christ. So you have got to know that. The Bible still goes on to tell us in verse, through verses 15 to uh, 17 that it unveils Christ as the first in the original creation. The old creation, Christ is the firstborn. As the one who was the preeminence, he has the preeminence among all creatures. When you come to verses 18, it shows us that Christ is the first still in resurrection as the head of the body. Now, he is first on all creation. The old creation is the first and in the new creation, he is the first. And, and I want to show you something. Uh, we see that the, the first creation comes into being through the speaking of God. Remember, the Bible says in Romans 8, uh, rather Romans 4, 17, that God creates he calls those things which be not as though they, they, they are. Now as he creates by his word. In the old creation he created by his word. He called the things that are not as though they are. He said let there be light. Let there be what? Let there be what? And he was calling them into existence by the word. Now when we come to the new creation. On the contrary we begin to see that everything comes into being by resurrection. 
That's why we have got to pass through the process until we are on the other side of resurrection. Through the death and the resurrection of the old creation, including Jesus and uh, the old creation, that's how the new creation comes in. That means that for the church to exist, there has got to be a process of crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection. That is, Christ is be becomes the firstborn from among the dead because he is the first to resurrect. And when he is the first to resurrect, when the Bible says that when he was raised, we were also raised up with him. We are the second people to be resurrected. And now we are living a resurrection life. Now, you see, these, in these two creations, uh, Christ is still the first and he has the preeminence. Today, I want us to stop here by the grace of God. I want you to keep on uh, pondering and thinking and always replaying so that you may understand because you might not grasp it all at once by, by a single listening. But if you keep on, uh, you begin to get more light, more revelation, and you go, and, and if you keep on like um, studying and listening with your pipe, you begin to see more light. You can even take your notes so that you may continue to to dispense this Christ to other people wherever God is going to send you and the grace of God is sufficient. You are going to make it. Thank you for always tuning in. God bless you. This is Pastor Dennis, part of order from Kampala, Uganda. Freedom Experience Ministry, Experiencing Christ. We only request that you keep on sharing, call people to visit our website at www.freedomexperienceministry.org. They can even stroke radio to go for our radio listen to our radio. I've got two, pro, uh, two programs that I've got repeats. I, I, I'm always there at 1 p.m. East African time for the lunch hour fellowship. And uh, I'm also I, I have a, a, a repeat at 9 p.m. every evening East African time. Also, I have another episodic teaching that is uh, every day at 3 a.m. in the morning and also 6 p.m. in the evening. That is East African time. So God bless you. God bless you. Please, I always request you that to, to, to make this ministry continue to minister and dispense Christ to nations and villages. You see, we go out and reach village pastors, village churches, so that we support them. We teach them. We even uh, uh, carry out church planting. And we are going to set off in might even this year. The Lord is our uh, given us this grace to plant more churches and to mentor and to train and disciple pastors and ministers and service. so we need a lot of support if you feel like you want to support just visit our website at freedomexperienceministry.org and click give donate nfc is going to be a blessing to us if you're using a world remit you can use the phone the phone contacts are there. If you're using mobile money, the phones are there. If you're using ATM or all Visa card or credit card, it's still the option is there. And if you're using PayPal, then the option is also there. In other words, you have got to do anything so that we preach this Christ. We experience Christ with other people. We dispense this Christ. God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus 256 703 89.
0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0809-0